Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It was October 2012. Me and my grandfather were hunting for white-tailed deer on his property in a little ran-down town called Reedy West, Virginia. We were not having any luck at the first few spots, so we moved to a different location down towards the bottom of his property. This place always gave me the creeps, because everything down there seemed to be dead. The trees, grass, and there were basically never wildlife in this area. Well, after us sitting there for about 30-40 minutes of not seeing anything we were about to move, that's when I seen it. There was this very odd-looking creature that kind of looked like a horse with a wolf face with this very rough and decay. Look to its fur and skin. It was just walking through the field we were watching over when it stepped right over the fence. And keep in mind, this fence was made to keep horses in, so this thing was quite big, at least bigger than anything that should have been in those woods. My grandfather is dead now, so I am the last person to have physically seen this thing. So if any of you have any idea what this could have been, that would be very appreciated. And I used to live in a really old house, built sometime in the 1830s. Hated the house from the day we moved in. It just had a really weird vibe to it, and from the outside it looked a lot like the house in the first Conjuring movie, 
which did not really help. It did not take many weeks of living there before something happened. One night, I woke up with a dark, shadowy figure of a man in the middle of my bedroom. The figure was slowly walking towards me. I felt the most horrible sense of dread and fear that I have ever felt in my life. As the figure moved closer towards me, I heard a loud whispering from multiple voices coming from everywhere in the room. My body was frozen, and I could barely tilt my head and roll my eyes in horror. As the figure reached me, it touched my chest, and as it made contact with me, I felt this horrible sadness and emotional pain that I just cannot explain. Naturally, I told my parents and wanted to switch bedrooms, but they never believed me. I had to sleep in that same room for three years before we finally moved away. I kept having horrible nightmares from time to time during those three years, and they always involved the same shadow figure attacking me in a number of ways. Since we moved, I have never experienced anything like it again, which I am extremely grateful for. When I was younger, I saw a demonic possession. More accurately, I saw someone who was possessed. I've talked and written about this before, but as of late, I've wanted to talk about it again. Apologies in advance. If there are any issues with my typing, I'm on mobile. So I was young, I can't say exactly what age, but my brother five years, my elder, was old enough to operate the soundboard at the church my family attended. This was a night service on. Sunday, around 6 p.m. in either late fall or early winter. I remember that when services ended, it was dark out. But not dead of night dark and services ended at around 8 p.m. Me and my brother were in the back of the room where services were held by the soundboard. My grandfather, who was watching us, is also the pastor at said church. He was, and still is, a man of dogma and strong faith who has told stories about demonic possessions faith healing, and divine intervention. My grandfather was in the back with us, making sure that my brother understood what he had to do to operate the soundboard, and I was trying to learn a thing or two about it, since the large board of dials and levers looked like magic to me. In walks a woman. This woman is young, maybe 25, but she looks bad. Her hair is disheveled, she's got bags under her eyes, and she looks very pale. However, she does not look homeless. She's wearing nice clothes, lifts, and some jewelry. I don't recall having seen this woman before. She quietly takes a seat at the front of the room by the altar and pulpit. Service begins with ten minutes of hymns as usual from these thick green books that the church has about a hundred of. The woman doesn't stand or participate, but she's quiet and not distracting. Then my grandfather takes to the pulpit. He begins his sermon, which I can't remember what it was on because I was focused on the woman who was now rocking in her seat. Weird. My brother is trying to get the recording hardware attached to the sound system to work. The issue isn't that it won't record, however. The issue is that when my brother put a disc in to record, it broke. It was fine for the morning service and no settings were touched on the recording system. The disc literally broke in half service goes on with the woman getting more distracting until the service ends and me and my brother are escorted out. Everyone else goes home without staying to talk, which is unusual. I sat on the walkway with my brother and grandmother outside the church while my grandfather and the officers of the church were inside with the woman. 
I could hear verses from the Bible being recited, screaming, and I saw the lights flickering through the window and the door. About ten minutes later, they all come out, and the woman looks much better. The bags under her eyes are gone. Her hair is still a mess, but it looks shinier and healthy, and she thanks my grandfather before getting into her car and leaving. I'd fully say this was just a woman with mental illness, if not for the way the sound system acted and the way that she changed when all was said and done. To start off, I'd like to make it clear that this was my first schizophrenic episode. At the time, I had no idea I had the condition. It had been a stressful day, and I desperately needed a break. I decided to pull over into a forested park to take a walk and clear my mind. The calming atmosphere of the woods seemed like the perfect remedy for my frazzled nerves. After a while, I headed back to my truck, feeling a bit more relaxed. But as I approached, I saw something that stopped me dead in my tracks. There was a man hanging from a tree nearby. Panic surged through me, and I couldn't take my eyes off the gruesome sight. The man's head appeared to be decomposed, his mouth hanging open in a grotesque way. He was wearing a navy blue mechanic jacket with a name tag, and his lower body was missing. Terrified, I scrambled back into my truck and hid below the back seats. My heart pounded in my chest, and I couldn't shake the horrifying image from my mind. I stayed there, hidden and trembling, for eight straight hours. Eventually, I learned that what I had seen was just a mind-created illusion, a result of my first schizophrenic episode. But even though it wasn't real, the vivid memory of that horrifying scene still haunts me to this day. The PTSD it caused remains a constant reminder of the power and fragility of the human mind. First off, I've lived and hunted and hiked in these woods most of my life. Born and raised here by folks that trace our line back to the Meeks Party, Blue Bucket Wagon Train. So I have studied plenty of animals that have lived here. What I heard on that late, fall evening, made the hair stand straight up. The month was September, the weather was warm. My husband had returned to Redmond to go bowling on his league. I stayed behind as some friends were to come up later that evening and join us. The state was doing a lot of road work and were blasting parts along the highway to clear space for wider roads. I was putting more wood on the fire when I looked at my watch. Our friends were late as usual. It was 10.30 a Friday. You could heard the trucks and the blasting going on along the road. Then there was this real loud blast. It shook the ground under the stump I was sitting on. Further away from the road, you could hear a rock slide started from the blast. Then the woods came to life. I could hear running of a very large animal going through everything in his way. Underbrush was snapping and small trees could be heard crashing to the ground. As the rocks in the canyon stopped, sliding the woods became quiet again. Then just across the lake from where my tent was pitched, the hoeing and screaming started. These sounds went on for at least half hour. Being alone at this time became rather unnerved and decided that my tent would be a better place to wait for my friends from. I crawled inside and found my rifle load a shell into the barrel and sat there in the dark. The sounds across the lake had all but vanished. I could still hear something moving over there, and it wasn't deer. Elk, bear, cougars, cattle, people, lynx, badgers, 
wild dogs, or wolverines. At 11.30 p.m., my friends finally made up to the camp. They could tell that something had made a very bad impression on me and asked what had happened. I told them. We waited till my mate got back from town, but no more noise was heard that night. As this is about more than just what I saw, it would be nice for it to be keep unlisted. Thank you. This story is of mine. It's actually my dad's. Every other summer, him and a few of his friends go over to Maine and do some bass fishing. The encounter happened at around 2 to 3 in the morning. My dad got out of his tent because he had to take a piss as he was draining himself. He heard a snap about 25 feet away. He looked up and saw nothing. To make sure it wasn't a predator, he shone his flashlight over in the general direction. The woods were really thick, so he really didn't see much at all, except for a pair of eyes. He really couldn't tell how high up off the ground they were. So being the person he is, he walked towards it. As he did so, whatever the thing was ran away and my dad got a better look at it. He says that it was around eight feet and smelled pretty bad like trash. He told his friends the next day, but they decided to stay the rest of the week due to the fact that my dad didn't feel that the Bigfoot wanted to hurt them, but was just more curious. He came home and told me, and now a few years later, I'm telling you, I really hope that one day I could see what he saw so I can fully believe that this world is actually a strange one. I have had a lot of paranormal encounters, but this is not my story. This is my mother's. My mom and my uncle had to go pick up my grandmother. She worked in a small town called the Red River, and the blizzard was so bad that my grandmother's car wasn't turning on. So she told my mom to pick her up and be safe because the roads were very slippery. My mom told my uncle to go with her, and they were at a cuesta in New Mexico, and they drove slowly because the storm was so bad. While driving, a large creature started walking across the road. It was about nine feet tall, and the creature had white fur and large teeth, and it just stared at my mother and uncle, and then it turned away and ran to the woods. They started talking about it, and they both agreed that it was a Bigfoot. The next day, my uncle went to the area. He found footprints and even took a picture of it in the mountains of New Mexico. Creepy stuff happens every day. got lots of stories. Large parts of my childhood were spent on a reservation, and I swear every house there has something spooky in it. I will just quickly tell a few notable ones. When I was about eight years old, my cousin and I were playing hide and seek while the adults were gone. I walked through the kitchen and right by a bunch of food on the table. I've never been very observant and completely didn't realize that he was hiding in the fridge. I walk to the hallway, and as I'm gazing down, I can see a little bit through the doorways. A small black figure went running across one of the rooms at the end and dives under their bunk bed. I thought I caught my cousin, so I ran into the room to check under the bed, but nothing was there. A lot of people had seen this figure in their house. Apparently, their uncle had turned a corner and bumped right into it, and that it was solid, but he couldn't see through it. Just darkness. Different story. I was left alone at 16 in my mother's house when I started to hear a baby cry in the wall. At first I brushed it off. Gotta just be the neighbors in the other apartment. 
That's when I realized my mom no longer lived in a fourplex and that our nearest neighbors. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're too far to hear. I told her about it, and she had heard it too. We later found out that a traditional funeral for a baby had been held in the house, so we smudged it and left a plate of food outside. My co-worker used to be a security guard for the forensic mental health unit nearby. It used to be a mental asylum and was renowned for treating its patients horribly. There's a graveyard nearby with over 200 unmarked graves for bodies they exhumed on the old asylum grounds. A lot of people would try to sneak into the old abounded buildings and my co-worker and his partner would get deployed to tell them to piss off or to check it out to make sure no one was there. And he said very regularly he would feel spirits, see unexplained movement, and hear screaming, especially in the treatments and intake rooms. I'm not very spiritual, but I totally believe him. That place has a lot of sad history behind it. I live on the back of an old mental asylum, and there is a covered-over burial site not far from my house. I came across the burial plot plans with all the names of everyone buried there once and why they had been committed. It's amazing the reasons. Some were just pregnant out of wedlock or menopausal or even defiant of their husbands. These people spent over 40 years condemned to an insane asylum and died. They're never actually having any mental illness. Very sad. I was in the army, but this story seems right for here. We were on a night patrol close to this weird place up in the hills. Didn't make us feel good inside, but couldn't tell why. During this patrol, one of our squads started reporting movement. When we all got to their position, they all looked like sheets. The CEO of the squad was holding one end, if the radio without it being connected, and to this day, 
everyone in that squad swears that they heard a girl's voice through that radio. About three miles down the hill was a village that we'd visited before, and we had children watch us move to that position before, but we couldn't find anyone during that night that wasn't one. While I was in the Marine Corps stationed in Okinawa, Japan in 1995, I was at a shooting range near Camp Schwab guarding ammunition sometime in August. I had just done a radio check at about 9 p.m. with range control to let them know everything was okay. I pulled my poncho up over my whole body because of the bugs attacking me. The next thing I know my poncho is pulled off of me and I see what would be called a typical gray-looking alien, except that its skin was more of an almond color. It was a very bright night with a full moon standing over me, with what looked like four others behind him. What shocked me even more was that it talked to me, but it sounded like one of those adult characters on the Peanuts. Cartoons like what, what, what? I remember just becoming unhinged, jumping up, and starting screaming when it talked to me and then it just disappeared along with the others. The other guy guarding ammo with me woke up when he heard me scream and asked what was wrong. I told him what had just happened and he looked at me like I was crazy. I then noticed that it was 10.45 p.m. and I was like, what the heck? I know that I did not fall asleep because it was my turn on the radio watch. I know that I did not dream this, but cannot account for the missing time. I did not want to radio in what just happened for fear of getting a psych evaluation, even though an intruder near an ammunition dump is serious and should have been called in. The other Marine with me said that he was asleep the whole time and did not see or hear anything until I started screaming and jumping around. I kept quiet about this incident for a few days, but it was bothering me so much that finally about a week later, I told a couple of my friends about it. A good friend of mine that had been out there a day before said that almost the same thing happened to him, except that he had chased it into the ammo tent, and when he was just about to shoot it, it just disappeared. He said that he was also afraid to say anything because he thought that people would think that he was crazy. I never saw any bright lights or alien spacecraft, just the aliens. Not a responder, but lived next door to one who was very famous in our hometown for his alien abduction. But there are other stories, too. This all went down in the 80s, rural England. And my memory of the exact details are fuzzy. Been a while since anyone has bothered discussing it. Small hometown and everyone knows and is over it. The alien abduction story is that he was on the way back from a call-out, saw some odd lights on the road ahead and had to stop a one-track road. He went to investigate the lights as any good police officer does. And next thing he knows, it's a half hour later and he's back in his car seat. Car facing the other way. Some odd substance on him. No lights to be seen. The police dispatch also confirmed that his radio frequency just disappeared for that half hour. The substance was tested and didn't match any known profile. If shot, I really have no idea what that really means or what tests were. At around the same time, this officer and some others were called out by a farmer whose cows had disappeared. Yes, very stereotypical cows in a tractor beam story, but the farmer reported them missing. Multiple police show up, gate is locked, and no cows. They all decide to drive around looking for the cows. 
The paranormal magnet officer reports that thing where you keep trying to drive somewhere, but always end up back where you were when it shouldn't be possible on his route. But they all convene back at the field at the end of shift. The cows are back, though none of the officers found them, and nobody called in to find them. And remember, paranormal officer has seemingly been driving past the field on a loop all night. The farmer was also unaware when they called to ask him. Totally sounds like the farmer pulled a prank. Except it was raining that night, and there was loads of wet mud building at the edge of the field where the gate is, and not footprints or hoof prints, and the cows were dry, too. The last story I have the vaguest recollection of. I think it happened some years earlier, and the paranormal officer was called to the discovery site. It is mostly about a different guy, a farmhand who was an immigrant who disappeared without a trace, and then appeared several days later and miles away, dead, with burns and another unidentifiable substance all over his body, dumped at the top of a pile of coal. Again, no sign of anyone climbing up the very precarious pile of coal. And no sightings of this farmhand getting from the farm to a different town one road, and he didn't seem to be on it at any point. He was in the same clothes, but appeared to have undressed, then been redressed by someone else. Autopsy couldn't find a cause of death. It wasn't the burns, and he was like, barely dead, no rigor mortis when discovered. Edit should probably add that the official answer to the farmhand death was spontaneous ball lightning, itself a weird theory, and it doesn't explain most of the situation. I am not saying aliens, but everyone at home is mildly convinced of the aliens. My somewhat scary moment was when I was camping at my very remote recreational 160-acre ranch, which I did almost every weekend and usually alone. I was actually in a small toy hauler that is left there. I was sleeping with the ramp down to enjoy the crisp air. My bunk is right there where the ramp was open. It was totally blackout, no moon. I could not see past my arm. I sleep very light and always have my 357 caliber at my side and a shotgun or AR-15 nearby. Something woke me, and there was the foulest smell coming from the ramp area of the trailer mere feet away. I quickly got up with pistol in hand, and seconds later, by the time I was armed and shined a spotlight outside, whatever it was took off. Not sure what is was, but there are tons of blackies out there I have seen. Most likely a snooping bear, but that smell I will never forget. It must have been pretty darn close for me to get such a strong odor from whatever it was. I bought battery-operated motion detectors and motion lights and put them in strategic places to alert me with more advance notice should that happen again. Those motion detectors came in handy on more than one occasion when it involved people poachers walking in. I personally feel safer when it is pitch black. Don't know why, but I never sleep with a light on or with any illumination at all if I can help it. I just feel safer in pitch black, mostly because I don't want people to see any light from a distance and come into my camp. I just feel vulnerable with a light on, remote, but there are people who show up from time to time nearby, as there is a campground about a half mile from my pad and honestly, I fear people far more than animals in remote forest land. I was the first speaker at the meeting, and I started by introducing myself, Joe Robb, and my wife, Kelly, 
who accompanies me on most of my field excursions. I shared with the audience that I had come across several Bigfoot tracks near the Nehalem River, close to the Tillamook National Forest boundary in coastal Oregon. I stumbled upon what could only be considered as a Bigfoot highway, where over a hundred tracks were found in one particular area. These tracks were found both uphill and downhill and belonged to six different big feet that were present at one time, or another over a six-week period. I discovered the site while deer hunting during the weekend of Octi, 2122, 1996. There were even some diggings in the soil, which may or may not have been done by Bigfoot. I went back to the area two weeks later and found some broken alder trees and new tracks. Labor Day weekend, my wife and I heard the snap of a tree and five human-like steps. I quickly grabbed my video camera, but unfortunately, I wasn't quick enough to get a picture of the creature that disappeared into a thicket that was only about 60 feet away. I didn't dare venture into the thicket at the meeting. I displayed castings of two tracks that I had taken. One track was 16 half inches and the other was 12 half inches. Unfortunately, a nine half inch track was not plaster casted. Interestingly, a scar on the 16 half inch track was noted when it reappeared 10 miles away in a different location. Henry Franzoni also spoke at the meeting and mentioned that an 80-year-old Indian woman had shared a tale of wild woman and wild man in the same area dating back to about 1870. This was documented in the book Nehalem Tillamook Tales. I explained that I had visited the area many times and had recorded various tracks. This indicates that various creatures are passing through the area in winter and summer. In January 2005, I traveled to Elqui Valley, chill with my girlfriend and we ended up in the last city, Alcahuas, where we set up our tent to relax for a couple of days. The place was deserted except for the camping owner, which was fine for me, but my girlfriend felt scared at night for no apparent reason. After two or three days, we decided to pack up and head back to the city. We went to talk to the manager about how to take the bus and he offered to take us since the bus schedule was at 5 a.m. The next day, we woke up at 7 a.m., had breakfast, and started packing our things. Since the morning was cold, I put on a shirt and a soft shell, and my sunglasses were hanging on the shirt. After closing the soft shell, we walked to the manager's office, and while waiting, I took off my soft shell and realized my sunglasses were missing. We searched everywhere but couldn't find them. After nearly an hour, we gave up and decided to move on. About a month later, I had a vivid dream where I reenacted picking up the backpack. But in the dream, we weren't alone. A tall guy, nearly six feet, with white skin, blonde hair and wearing gray clothes, appeared and offered me his hand. I was so scared that I woke up and told my girlfriend about the dream. And she was also scared. We never talked about this experience again. But it bugs me to this day.